0: This program is part of the Infinite Potato Alliance. Visit us at InfinitePotato.com.
1: I have an introduction that uh, I had an AI write the introduction. Okay. So I'm going to read this and see. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Your one-stop destination for all things science fiction, fantasy, and beyond. Join our hosts as they delve into the latest in movies and television discussing everything from the biggest blockbusters to hidden gems. They will also be talking with special guests from the industry and breaking down the latest news and rumors. Whether you're a hardcore fan or just getting started, Cosmic Potato is the perfect companion for your next binge watch session. So grab your popcorn, sit back, and join us as we explore the fantastical worlds of the silver screen and the small screen.
2: No one said nothing about delving.
1: (laughs) Gonna have to draw the line.
0: Somebody's favorite radio program?
1: Attention, whoever
0: you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Do I sound like I'm wearing a pizza? Hold on to your butt. And here we go. From the historic Infinite Potato Studios, this is Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. Smoke mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory.
3: Hasta la vista, baby.
0: Join us as we dive deep into all fandoms and genres of cinema and television. Strange things are fun at the Circle K. No gatekeeping. You no toxic fandom. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. Now, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew. Just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Here is your host, Sean Ray! It's Sean. Shawnee, if you're feeling a little loose. Never the Sean
2: dog, because that's just lame. And I've never been one to chase balls.
0: Easy peasy, lemon squeezy! Alright, it was a miracle. Can we go now?
1: Keep the change, you filthy animal. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the TV series Willow, which finished streaming on Disney Plus a couple of weeks ago. It serves as the sequel to the film from uh, 1988 by George Lucas, directed by Ron Howard. The series is supposed to take place 20 years after the film, even though it's actually been 35 years since that movie came out. Um, However, before we begin that discussion, since it's been several months since we did an episode of Cosmic Potato. I thought we would catch up on some of the stuff that we've been, uh, that we've been watching recently. So uh, Rick, what you been watching? I've actually been watching TV, which is
2: not usual. Um, been kind of taking advantage of my semi-retirement. Um, in fact, we just finished the penultimate episode of uh, um, uh, that 90s show tonight, and we're really enjoying that show.
1: Yeah it, it 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 was it was pretty good we watched we watched the whole thing like the weekend it came out we watched half of it one night and half of it the next night so <laughs>
2: you know for me to enjoy a sitcom is rare uh, and uh, I I think you know some people have said that the 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 kids aren't the best actors but they're kids I mean the 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 girl that's playing Leia is literally 15 years old yeah so. You know, That's there's, there's no some...
4: excuse.
2: <laughs> but I don't think they're doing such a bad job either. I I'm enjoying the show, and you know, having Red and Kitty back is such a joy. So
1: they're doing as good as any of those uh, any of those Disney Channel or Nickelodeon shows that has all all kid casts and stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the with their acting. It's not, the show's not quite as edgy as, as I remember that 70s show being. I mean, they still have drug use and they still talk about sex, but it, it seems like it's not as edgy as, uh, as the old series was. But I mean, that's fine. That's fine. That was Fox. I mean, they're not on Fox anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> have you guys watched it, Scott? Nick, have you watched it at all? No,
4: I'm not watching it.
1: No.
3: No, I, I only watch like, a, a very few um random episodes of the 70s show. So,
1: oh okay. Yeah, really no no investment in the 90s show. Yeah, same here. I liked that it wasn't just cuz I was afraid it was just it was just going to be that 70s show uh like a reunion, but it actually is like the 90s plays into it a lot. Uh like, uh, there was a lot of, I mean, I know it's set in the nineties, but you know, the, the, the actual, like the clothes and things that we get, the people kept coming on the screen and my wife and I, Oh yeah, I wore a shirt just like that, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and movie posters and things in the background, you know, it, it had a lot of, a lot of that to it, but then, you know, it was good to see basically every character from that 70s show came back. Uh, except, except for except for Hyde yeah why no <laughs> uh, and good riddance <laughs>
3: we're, we're never going to miss an opportunity to call out some shitbaggery like that
1: yeah yeah uh, but everybody else shows up at least at least once even Chong showed up Tommy Chong even showed up a so. couple times yeah yeah and
2: the, the Fez episode was
1: hilarious yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 Um, I've also been watching just in the last couple of days, I've started watching the last of us. Um, they've only had two episodes so far, but it's uh based It's, it's based on a video game that I've never played because I don't have any of the newfangled gaming systems. (laughs) Um, but it's got Pedro Pascal in it and it's, uh, it's a zombie show. So, you know, there's that, but, um, I really like it. Um, I watched it with my wife and my daughter-in-law was here and both of them hated it because it's very, it's very suspenseful and they don't like to be, they don't like jump scares and stuff like that. You know, it's my wife watches the walking dead. You know, we watched the, we watched the walking dead together and she enjoys that but the zombies on the last of us are different because they're like the, the biohazard kind of zombies. This is a, this is a fungus that's causing the, the affliction or whatever. And so they're not actually dead so they can run and they can climb on things and stuff like that. Uh, but Rick, I would not advise you to watch it because like there's children that get killed in the first episode and stuff like that.
2: There's a controversy going on because apparently in the video game, the character of Ellie is a child and apparently the charming male fans of the, sh- of the that are watching the show are complaining that the actor who's playing Ellie in the TV show isn't attractive enough. And so they're admitting that they were attracted to a child in a video game.
4: That's creepy.
1: She's a child. Yeah. She's a child in the in the show. Um Not not
3: as much of a child as in the game.
1: I believe. Yeah, she's like fourteen, I think, in the in the show. Um, but like I said, I haven't played the game, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's I, 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 that's all weird. I
3: heard about it is that yeah, the, yeah. the the the, tr- the trouble is that the guys that are doing that sort of complaining. I. And while some of them, I'm sure, are like, she's not as pretty as she was in the game. It sucked. But I'm sure others are just like, if the girl's gonna be on TV, then I have to want to have sex with her. That's the <laughs> rule.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um
2: Unfortunately the pigs can type in our day,
1: Danny. Yeah, people are people suck. But um Yeah, but I mean they they, they they've spelled out that the show is not exactly like the game there's changes they've changed things so they want to make it so that if you've seen the game you don't exactly know what's going to happen on the show and vice versa if you watch the show and then you go play the game it's not going to play out the same you know that kind of stuff so uh Nick, what about you what have you been watching
4: i'm also watching um i can't I just lost the name of it the one we we're just talking about the last what? of us the, the last of us, us. Yeah, last of us. I just went through my second watch of um, For All Mankind, and I watched the first season of Servant, which is on Apple TV, and I have mixed feelings about that one. It was. Have any of you watched it? I
1: think I watched a couple episodes of it a while back, but I don't really remember that much about it.
4: I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I could recommend it. Like, I I enjoyed it, but it was slow. And it I was annoyed that there were no conclusions, no like resolutions, and then I saw that there's like three more seasons and I was like, Oh God, so like you <laughs> get resolutions. So I was like, I don't know if I want to keep going that long with it. So you know. And i um, just tonight I watched the first episode of the, the new T V version of Let the Right One In. And so far that one's pretty what?
2: good. I haven't heard about that.
4: Yeah, it's well, I don't know what, what uh, platform it's on in the States. In Canada, I'm watching it on Crave. So maybe huh. HBO?
2: I didn't know they were doing it.
4: A- because I, I, I saw the Swedish movie when it came out, and then I saw the American version, and now it's a TV version. And uh, obviously with a TV show, they can expand on the story. Yeah. Um, I hadn't
1: even heard that they were making a television version. They are making a television version of every movie ever made. Yeah, no <laughs> They are turning everything into a series. There is a uh, True Lies series that's supposed to be starting in March. That actually doesn't look pretty too bad.
2: That's, um, that's a that's a, a what do you call it? Not a franchise, a property that that I think would lend itself to a TV series.
3: Yeah, yeah. If if done well, then yeah, it could. Do we know if it's going to have any connection with the movie or is it just taking the premise?
1: I just saw, I saw the, I saw the trailer and it looks like it's just, uh, I mean, it, it looks like it's a similar story, but I don't know that, that it's going to be the same character or anything like that, but it looks like it's the same thing where he's a spy and his wife doesn't know it, you know, that kind of thing. And then she gets pulled into one of his, one of his jobs. Uh, John Those says movies. he's been watching Ghosts. He's been watching, uh, which I, I saw the first season, of Ghosts, and some of season two. It says that's a good show. Poker Face, which is a show that I've been meaning to check out. Um, that '90s show, huh? What? No, it's not. It's not Gaga. <laughs> uh, Vax Vax Machina. Vox Machina. Vox, Vox Machina. Okay. It's it's
2: it's it's based on a there's a d and d group that had a, a they had a, a i don't know if it was a tv show or a podcast and this this show is a cartoon of their characters uh oh it was a podcast john says um i tried watching it and i it's like you know if you enjoy watching people play d and d you'll really you know especially if you like irreverent uh you know shit talking d and ders not really role-playing just having fun um that it'll be right up your alley i didn't particularly enjoy it but it wasn't bad it just it was just kind of listening to a dnd game go shoot fuck shit fuck all the time <laughs> <laughs> um
1: he also says he's been watching uh kaleidoscope which i i've been thinking about watching that but i haven't like dived into it yet. I don't Kaleidoscope is a, is like a high show that's on Netflix now that they supposed to be a, um, you're not supposed to have, you don't have to watch it in any particular order. And I think that everybody, when you go on Netflix, it, it doesn't even give you the episodes in the same order as it does anybody, anybody else. And, uh, no matter what order you watch them in, it makes sense all the way up to the finale. I mean, the finale still has to be watched last, but other than that, you can watch it in, in any order. Um, and then uh, Night Court. So, yeah, uh, Night Court is uh, actually pretty good. It, it turned out to – I've been hearing a lot of mixed stuff. A lot of people really like it. I think that the people that really like it are people that really like the old show. I don't know that people that are tuning in that have never seen Night Court are really enjoying it. I, I don't know. But, I mean – It is basically, I mean, it's the same show. I mean, it's got a lot of the same, uh, it's got the same quirkiness that the, that the old show had that made it work. But it's really, uh, it's really toned down a lot because, um, like Dan is, is, is the show is kind of centered around bringing Dan back. You know, Dan came back to be the, now he's a public defender instead of the prosecutor. And, um, Harry Stone's daughter is the judge. But Dan is not this slimy, smarmy, womanizing person anymore. You know, he's, uh, which I mean, I know he's 30 years older, well, it's but also not a
2: character that would really play well in the nineties. You know, he was basically Steve Dallas and.
1: Well, a lot of the stuff that he did back then, a lot of the stuff that he did back then, I don't know that you could do it now. You know, uh, a lot of the jokes that, that played out in the eighties. I don't know that you could, that those jokes would work now, you know? So, uh, but they've done a good job. It it still feels like him. It still feels like the character.
3: Back in the original show, it was very well established that Dan was, uh, let's see, once upon a time, they would have called him a bit of a cad. Um, A pig. Yeah, he was, he was very, very much a pig. Um, That was his defining character trait. And yet, back then, on those shows at that time, that was a character that people could still like. He could still be a sympathetic character to a degree. I'm not sure if that's the, the best word, but it's the closest I'm thinking of right now. These days, no one would be able to like him if he was acting the way he did back then. So instead of making him, uh, you know, a, an unlikable pig, now he's an unlikable curmudgeon, basically. Yeah, they, they they swapped it out for being uh, old and grumpy.
1: Yeah, it's kind of similar to Sam from Cheers. You know, Sam was kind of kind of that way, too. And he's yeah. still supposed to be like not this lovable kid. But Dan was also like um, what I remember of the, the old night court is that Dan was uh, putting on a show. He was like he was always broke. You know, he always he always had to borrow five bucks from Bull so he could put it into some scheme or something like that. He was mm-hmm. broke, but he always acted like he had a lot. He he had his his stuff put together, but it was still like a cheap suit that he was wearing. It was cheap, but it was put together well, you know.
3: I, I have mixed feelings about the new show overall. Um I John Laroquette as Dan is far and away my favorite part of the show. Of the new show. Um I like how they recreated the set and how close it looks to the original. Mm-hmm. I, I applaud them for that. Um, I'm not really liking any of the other characters. Um, and I, I was having a discussion with Dora about this because we watched uh, the first two episodes together while she was here. And, uh, we, we were discussing that the new characters, uh, Abby, the judge is, uh, she she's very optimistic she looks for the good in everyone much like uh harry anderson did in the original show Mm -hmm. she's not a you know quirky magician goofball like like harry was so it's just that that optimism and positivity that that remains and i don't feel like her character is really bringing in a lot of confidence in the position which Harry was able to do in the original, um, even though he was a goofball and he was very young, and that was mentioned often on the show, you could still tell from from a character perspective that he was in charge of the courtroom. He knew that he was the boss, and he could he could handle it, even if he did it in an unconventional way. Mm-hmm. Abby is uh, is obnoxiously positive. But she still looks and sounds like she's struggling to find her way in the job, which it, it's fine if that's the character. It it just doesn't quite fit in right. But then again, I'm the guy that you know, wants as many things the same as possible to just make more good content and keep as much of the original elements as you can.
2: Have you um, have you seen past the second episode?
3: Yeah, I saw the third episode.
2: Okay. I, I haven't seen the third episode yet. Um I, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with you about Abby I, I, I first of all, I love Melissa Rouch being able to just talk with her normal voice <laughs> which is a, a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like she was struggling with the job so much as just trying to you know suss out this new bunch of people. I don't disagree with you that aside from Abby and and Dan, I I don't really like the rest of the cast yet. And the mm-hmm. show swings wildly from really good show to really stupid sitcom tropes in like a heartbeat. It keeps waving back and forth between those two. Yeah, And I'm like, it's its first season, so hopefully it'll settle down and maybe find a, a, a good middle ground
3: there. Yeah, be- because I, regardless of whether or not the original was actually a good show or just a show that I saw so much when I was young that it's it, it's a good show to me regardless either way i'm going to give the new one some time to establish itself but um i think the plot for episode three was the most night courty plot that we've gotten so far in the admittedly you know brief few that we've that we've seen yeah um abby makes a mistake in a case so she decides it's going to be all business from now on no no nicknames no no goofing around we're we're gonna get this done, we're gonna do it right, we're gonna go by the book, so like a hundred and eighty degree character change because of one thing that happened that's very eighty sitcom and they and they leapt right into it
1: yeah john and john says yeah the the old show did the same thing where it would it would go from from really good to Sitcom trope in a yeah. heartbeat. So, but yeah,
2: I, I'm um, wondering how long it'll be before Brent Spiner shows
1: up as the hillbilly. Oh, it'll happen. It'll I'm happen. Kind of, I'm kind of
3: hoping that's gonna that's gonna happen. And um, if we don't see Richard Mall before the end of the first season, I'm gonna be unhappy.
1: I think we'll see Roz before we'll see Bull. I would not mind if Roz just. I mean, bull too, but I would not mind if Roz was just the bailiff again.
2: <laughs> you know, I, you know but, Richard uh, Mall is eight. He just turned 80 last month. I don't know how yeah. much TV he's doing anymore.
3: <laughs> well, he doesn't have to come on as a regular cast member. Just have him come on for an episode. That's
1: Marsha. What's it, And then Marsha Warfield, isn't that her name? Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. She's still acting. I mean, she's doing regular stuff. She was, she was in, uh, that show 911 just like last season. So.
2: Does I I any of this meaning anything to you? Have you watched either Night Court?
4: I watched the original, but I I never connected to it, so I I have no emotional investment, so I haven't watched the new one.
1: Fair enough. Mm-hmm. John does make a good point. Bull, Bull got beamed up by aliens in the finale of the last of the <laughs> old show, so he may still be in space.
3: Yeah, but that, but, was, um, that was like thirty years ago. So yeah, yeah he he be too.
1: And he and, might be the he might be the king of the aliens now. You know. <laughs>
3: And it it gives a perfect setup. The aliens took him up. They kept him for a couple decades. They sent him back. And now he's got a full head of hair and a beard. So he shows up in the courtroom wearing a hat and and sunglasses and a big beard. That way, when he says, hello, Dan, he takes (laughs) off the hat and sunglasses, and boom. And we'll get the the crowd, the audience, cheering for about 1.3 seconds. And then it stops because, as John has said in some of our uh, chats Quivers running the laugh track, <clears throat> the laugh track oh. and the applause track. They are asleep at the switch. Oh, it's terrible.
1: But usually a lot of times the laugh track will accentuate the audience laughter. So is, uh, is, yeah. is, is it not Nightcore is filmed in for a I, live I can't, shooting.
3: I cannot imagine they're filming this one in front of an audience.
2: That, that does. Yeah. I grew, you know, we, well, I grew up in the seventies. You all grew up in the, in the eighties and nineties. We all know what an actual audience sounds like. And that is not an actual audience. Yeah.
3: No, it's it, it's an empty room airplane um,
2: to too, and that's like the mash laugh track, only worse.
3: Yeah, I think it would be if you're if you don't have any actual people watching the show be made, then don't use a laugh track. Just just leave it be. Maybe throw in some music accents every now and again, but I I found Brooklyn Nine Nine to be hilarious. That show had me laughing, and
1: you know, no no audience, no laugh track, no nothing. You don't need it if you do it right. You don't need the laugh track. I'll say one more thing about Night Court and then we'll, we'll start talking. We'll start actually talking about Willow. Yeah. Um, um, they did a really good job of recreating the sets, except the, the the courtroom looks like the courtroom. The hallway looks like the hallway. The cafeteria looks like the cafeteria, but the jail does not look like the jail. It's completely different.
3: (laughs) I don't think I've seen the the jail yet. the, The cells are on the same side of the, of the room. So they got that right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true, but there's supposed to be, well, for one thing, it's supposed to be a lot darker in there. And uh there's supposed to be more than just one cell, and there was, I don't know.
3: I I should have paid more attention, but I wasn't on that particular scene. Now, I paused my latest rewatch of the original somewhere in like season 5. So, I, a lot of this is really fresh in my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 holding is a little different.
1: All right. So, um oh, I did I did want to mention one more thing. I I already said that one more thing, but I want to mention one more thing. So, I've been trying to watch um a lot of the movies that are going to be that have been nominated for uh Academy Awards because I know a lot of people don't care about the Oscars, but I still, you know, I watch them and I enjoy them for the most part. Um but I watched, uh, the Banshees, the Banshees of Innisurin last weekend and, uh, it's got Colin Farrell and, uh, Brandon Gleason in it. And it was pretty good, but it's, it's strange. Have any of you guys watched it? Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. It's I strange. Yet, it's on my list. I know that, that doing some reading about it afterwards, it's, is is supposed to be kind of a, uh, it's supposed to be representative of like the Irish Civil War and uh I can see that the the the, the main plot of the movie is that Brendan Gleason just tells Colin Farrell I don't want to be your friend anymore <laughs> you know that's it now I don't want to be your friend anymore and then it plays out it plays out from there because Colin Farrell really wants to be his friend you know and um and uh but is she but yeah some of the stuff that happens on through the movie that I won't get into because I don't want to ruin it. Uh it's strange. It's strange, but it was, uh but it was good. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm pulling. It was funny. funny. I laughed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm going for everything, everywhere, all at once to win every Oscar that there is, except for Michelle Yeoh. I want her to get all of the others.
1: I think that it's got a good shot at best picture. I think it, I really think it will.
2: I would be stunned if it took best picture because I think most of the Academy has no idea what that movie is about. Um, You know, I that does
1: not stop the academy. The academy,
2: I think it'll get a bunch of tech awards. Yeah. I would, I would not see it. It it just, I mean, I would be ecstatic, but I would, I would be absolutely floored if, if it took best picture.
3: Mm, I, I would be a little surprised and impressed and happy for any performance awards that it takes. Um, I, I think it's a long shot that it'll get best picture. It's, a bit too esoteric. And I think too many Academy members would say it's, it's just, it's just a movie with people fighting. <laughs> too many of the I, decision makers are going to think it's, are going to see it as an action movie.
1: I love that. I key, think the, key. The, <laughs> the Academy is more about what everybody else thinks. And I mean, they don't want to be the the odd man out. So this is going to vote for it. Then they'll vote for it too. Um,
2: Short, short round, but I can't remember his name. Key. Hey, Kwan is something like that. Um,
1: okay.
3: Uh, I, was pretty- I, I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember I, when I see his name. I know it's him, but I, yeah. I can never bring it up. Yeah.
2: Just the fact that, you know, he hasn't been in a movie in what? 30 years. And then he gets an Oscar nomination. I think that's just awesome. His, this is yeah. like the best year of his life.
1: <laughs> Did you hear that? Um, um, when he was, uh, when he went to audition for the part or when he was offered the part or whatever, um, the lawyer that he got to go over his contract was Chunk from Goonies. No, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I did hear that. Yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that makes sense that they'd all be in touch though. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that,
3: that's Cohen's job now. So yeah, it, yeah, it was a will well for him.
1: Uh But yeah, a, a lot of these movies I haven't seen yet. I haven't watched. I haven't seen Avatar yet. Um Elvis I have seen. That's a good movie. But I think that it's just a given that whatever whatever movie Tom Hanks was in that year is going to be up for best, for best God, picture. Maverick was so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun I'm Maverick. I'm sorry. Was it bad.
2: was. I mean, it was visually stunning. And and you know the effects were great. And the fact that they were actually in the planes for a lot of them was amazing. But it was, jeez, oh, it was like freaking Star Wars. They even used dialogue from Star Wars for crying out loud.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The 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 whole actual story uh, or the actual mission they were going on when they spelled out what they were going to be doing. I looked at my wife and said, like, "They're doing Star Wars."
2: I, I turned to my wife and I said, <laughs> "We used to bullseye in my T sixteen back."
1: <laughs> John says, "Yeah, Rick, Star Wars sucked." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen, I, I have seen The Fablemans. It was fun. The it was, not was a
2: particularly good movie. Anyway. And M-
1: Michelle, Michelle Williams is up for best actress, I think, for, uh, The Fablemans, and she was good in that movie. So, we'll see.
2: Oh, and, okay. and uh, Angela Bassett's up for, uh, that's a, she's up for best supporting actress for...
1: Supporting actress for um, Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever, yeah. <laughs> Which is hitting Disney Plus on Wednesday. So I'll finally get to see it. <laughs> it's,
2: I yeah, I won't say anything. I mean, I loved it. I I really enjoyed it, um, and that and that's all I'll say. Because I don't want to, I don't want to put any sort of any sort of mindset out there if you haven't seen it yet.
1: All right, on the Willow, I have watched the series, but to be honest, I've had a lot of things going on that I haven't had time to like sit down and spell out what my thoughts are in order to, to lead this conversation. So I'm going to head, I'm going to hand over the reins to Scott for the remainder of the podcast. So Scott, take it away.
3: Yeah. Hand it over to the chronic unprepared. It's
0: always
3: a great idea. (laughs) You're just more used to it. I suppose that's uh that that's probably true. Um, yes, indeed folks, we are going to be discussing as Sean said in the, uh, intro the new disney plus series willow serving as a sequel to the 1988
0: classic
3: i love this movie um not sure exactly how i feel about the series but we're going to talk about it anyway um it is 2022's willow starring warwick davis as willow ufgood ellie bamber as you know before I even say who she plays. We're not worried about spoilers. We're talking about the whole season. If you haven't seen the whole season, then you shouldn't mm. be listening to this. We're going to talk yeah. about everything. There's no secrets here. We don't keep secrets from you, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Ellie Bamber as Laura Dann and Ruby Cruz as Kit Tantalos. I never really understood their last name. It took him by surprise. Aaron Kellerman as Jade, Tony Revolori as Prince Graydon, Amar Chada Patel as Borman and Dempsey brick as Prince Eric, uh, with a great many, uh, uh, supporting characters and special guest stars, including, uh, Joanna Wally, Kevin Pollack, Jane Carr, uh, Jean Marsh in archival footage and, um, uh, Additional recorded dialogue. She did not appear in any new footage on camera, but we did hear some new dialogue that she recorded. Um, Mario Revolori as uh, Tony Revolori's brother. His brother plays his brother. Isn't that adorable? Um, And also featuring Christian Slater as Allagash and Julian Glover as Zeb. Um, Going to... Treat this like we normally do with. um <laughs> OK, so John has just jumped in with what's uh, quite possibly going to be the best joke that we come up with for the rest of the episode. This series could have been an email. I mean, a movie. Could have been a movie. It should have. It should have. I think it, this would have served much better as a film instead of a, a series because it, it did. It, dra- it dragged in the middle. No, well, if, if I'm being totally honest, this could have served as a fantasy film or series <laughs> on its own without being connected to Willow. That's, that's just kind of how I, I came know, away I feeling. I agree there, with that. There are certainly connections to the original, but the, the plot line, the story, it's, it's not strongly connected enough to the original film to be to to make it necessary as a sequel. You could change the the names and change some of the settings and and you probably wouldn't lose a whole lot. But maybe it's just because I came away from this season um, underwhelmed compared to how I wanted to feel.
2: It was better than the Lord of the Rings series.
3: And that and the... um, uh Game of Thrones uh uh prequel spin-off. I haven't gotten around to them yet.
1: Oh no, no. The House of the Dragon is excellent. <laughs> and, and I'm not excellent. saying it's
3: I'm not saying it's bad. Rick wasn't saying it's bad. I just haven't watched it yet is what I'm saying. Now Lord of the Rings, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I haven't gotten to that either. Um now I've had uh obviously a little bit of more free time on my hands with my recent uh joblessness and For whatever reason, I've spent that binging all three seasons of Amazon's Jack Ryan, which I'm two episodes away from being caught up on. Uh, But then, then it's on to The Expanse, Rick. Good. Good. I watched the the first episode while Dora was here, and I will uh, continue the rest after I finish Jack Ryan. And the cool thing about that is neither of those shows are Willow. So we should talk (laughs) about Willow. Um, now Rick, you have uh, already started a little bit. So, um, let, let's have you finish up with the official. What did you think of this season?
2: It was okay. Um, you know, I, I love the movie as, as most of us here did. Um, it is one of my wife's all time favorites. So there was no, no chance at all that we weren't going to watch it. Um, hang on, honey, you know, it's almost 10. Yeah. Okay. Um, and i was i was actually kind of glad they dispensed with the the heavy nostalgia after the first couple of episodes um cuz that's some- that's something that does bother me when you get like something that's you know was a very beloved property 30 years ago and they're doing some sort of reboot or sequel or or series or whatever and then they just really lean on the nostalgia part of it and don't pay much attention to the story um this i i thought this series they got most of that out of the way right away. Um, You know, there there were still some things as, as we went along, but I think for the most part, they said, all right, all y'all who are, you know, scheduling your colonoscopies, we're going to give you your stuff right away. And then we're going to try to bring in a bigger audience with the rest of the show. I'm not saying they failed. I'm not saying I didn't like the show, but if they announced that there was not going to be a second season, I would just go, "Hmm, all right, and move on. It's not like I would be heartbroken. And my wife who, who liked it a whole lot more than I did. And I, and again, I'm not saying I didn't like it Mm -hmm. is she's, she just said she'd be surprised if it got a second season. Um, I've heard no buzz about it, uh, getting a second season. Um, nor have I heard any clamor for there to be a second season, you know, unlike, like Wednesday. Where they could have announced halfway through the series that there was a second season and everybody would have heard the cheer. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to get into specifics right now, you know, cause I'm sure we'll do that as we get along. Um, I liked, I liked almost all of the performances. Uh, the, the only, the only one, what's his name? The, 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 the barbarian dude. Um, Borman, um, Borman, Thraxus Borman by Amar Chadha Patel, Patel, Patel. Sorry. Patel. I can't say paddle, Patel, Patel. Um I just never bought him. I don't know if he's I, I didn't think, you know, he I don't think he's an incapable actor. I just never bought his character. I don't think they f- knew what they were trying to do with him, especially like the last episode where all of a sudden he's trying to get everybody into a bisexual orgy and I'm like where the hell did that come from? <laughs>
4: Uh I disagree with you. I think I think it was very clear that he was comic relief in a show where everyone had a share of being comic relief. Yeah but, he, yeah. but he was like that was his mandate. He is comic relief. And he did it. And like the orgy thing at the end was him deflecting. It's him this the situation got emotional and he was like, oh no, I'm getting emotional. I'm supposed to be funny. Like like mm-hmm. he's supposed to always be ready with the joke because he doesn't want to let people in emotionally. So he deflected by saying a joke. I thought that was what he did throughout the entire show. And so,
3: with with, with a that, somewhat, that was
4: his purpose.
3: With a somewhat moderate and not uncommon uh, tension breaker of, "Hey, want to make out?"
4: Yeah. So like- <laughs> yeah. it
2: just, it just, it just to me, it kind of came out of nowhere. If he had been like doing that all along, it just seemed like an odd choice for him at that point. Now, he, um, the, to me, the- to me, I'm not, I'm not.
3: The comic relief that he was offering was not always or not so often of a sexual variety. So for it to be that kind of a suggestion that maybe came out a a little bit out of nowhere, but what he would, the purpose he was trying to serve in that moment overall was, was pretty, pretty in line with the character. He was, he was the series goofball all the way through. The, The whole, the whole,
2: uh, the armor thing, um, the, the, Whatever curiosity that, that that particular the, subplot never yeah. really worked for me.
3: Um, yeah, I, I I was wondering where they were going with it, and then when we saw where they went with it, I did not really Iron Man. I mean, I did not really love it. It wasn't uh wasn't my favorite part.
1: I felt like all the characters <laughs> were kind of cookie cutter. Like, like this could have been. Uh, it didn't have to be Willow. You know, it could have been. uh it could have been anything because the, these characters reminded me of characters that they put together for all kinds of movies that I've seen in my life, including like the breakfast club. It reminded me a lot of the breakfast club, especially, yeah. especially the first mm-hmm. couple episodes it was like, yeah, you got this one and you got that one, you got that one. You know, Star Wars was kind of like that. You know, you've got the wizard and you've got the, 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 the rough, um, Pirate, the pirate, the pirate, you know, and you've got the, the innocent boy and you've got the princess, you know, um, so, um, I felt that those characters were kind of fitting into those, uh, into those things. And the, the, the one thing that really got me about most of the show was that the show was called Willow and Willow was the least important character in the entire series. Mm. <laughs>
3: I, I, I can't really disagree with that. Um, Oh, and by the way, Sean, what did you think of the season? Okay, good. We got that covered.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed No, I enjoyed the show. I just at no point that I was watching this did I feel like I was watching a sequel to Willow, except that Willow was there, you know, Um,
3: almost as though it was a story told in the Willow universe that Willow appeared in. But it wasn't Willow. The movie was about him and his journey. Mm -hmm, Right. Not so much with this show. But what do you do?
1: And I get that. Yeah. There's not really a way. It's not like Star Wars where you can say, you can, the title can be Star Wars, something, something, something. And it's, and it's a different, you know, it's about different people. Every movie doesn't have to be about the same thing. This, that movie was called Willow and that's the only movie that we've gotten in that universe. So how can, if you want to make another show that takes place in that universe, but it's not really about him what do you call it? That'll make people know that that's, that that's what it is. So they have to use the name, the name Willow, but, um, I yeah,
4: John, but John is making a good point here that the movie was about Willow, but it was about him protecting the child. And then the show is about the child. It's about her journey and Willow being her mentor. So I thought that worked fine. I, in terms of a sequel, I thought it was fine. And you're all saying like, oh, this didn't have to take place in the Willow universe. It could have been anything. And I'm like, I disagree. I thought, I thought it tied in with the movie just fine and no disrespect to Warwick Davis, but he is not the greatest actor. And so for me, all the scenes that did focus on him were actually the weakest parts of the show. And so I didn't mind any time the show focused on the other characters because they were all i mean some more than others but i I feel like most of the others were stronger performers and i found them more compelling like Mm -hmm. i i I, yeah i don't know it's interesting because in the movie i actually thought willow was very compelling and i thought warwick davis did a great job but in the show i don't know he wasn't at the top of his game for me so so I didn't mind that there was less focus on him than there was in the movie. How
1: old was he when he was in Willow? 18. 18.
4: Yeah, he was, because I knew he, he, was, he, was a, yeah.
1: he was a kid when he was in uh, he, he Jedi. Was, he was so. 11 in Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah I, was, you know,
2: it didn't bother me that he wasn't the central character. And I think a lot for the same reason you just said, Nick, is he, he just he can deliver lines just fine, but yeah, he, he's not the best actor and, and kind of like with the, the movie, it was like the, kind of the, the, when, when the head no win or whatever, uh, Billy Barty was like, you know, the high old win. how that's, that's the thing. Um, you know, it was like the magic isn't important. It's what you, you know, it's you that's important. And I, I, I kind of kept hoping that the show would get there. They kind of kept vacillating between, Yes, magic is real, and no, we're just making pigs disappear. And and it just kind of didn't find its its way until Willow like blew up everybody. And it, it just it was it was a little unfocused in the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that scene at the, that scene in the finale when uh, Willow and uh, Alora were. <laughs> he looked there and he said, "Okay, I'm going to go over here and kill these guys." You go. <laughs>
3: John made a good point, um, which ties in with what Rick just said, that um, uh, he felt that the, the first two episodes were pretty good. Uh, the last two episodes were pretty good. And the stuff in the middle, yeah, it was okay. Uh, and but the I,
2: whole thing with, the I, I, I do of... agree with him
3: on that. There was one episode in the middle of um, uh, whispers of knock that I liked. But of course I liked that one because that's the one that was, that was tugging those nostalgia strings more mm-hmm. than the rest that's where they're yeah. bringing in archival footage of gene marsh um the the woman who played um baby alora's mother in the movie came back and did a little bit of extra filming that they added in to those like ghostly flashback apparitions so we got uh lines of dialogue and shots of her that we never saw before and they they made them new so they could uh, working into the story for that episode with, so that's the sort of thing that, you know, kept me on board because it's reminding me, ah, here's the source material coming back and here's what made me love the story in the first place. And they're, they're fleshing that out a little bit more. But what made it hard to hang on, <clears throat> excuse me, um, was, and I'm I'm agreeing with everyone who's having good things to say about the performances. I think that that most people did a fine job with the performances, but I wasn't the biggest fan of the characters. Another thing that John points out, um, uh, he he liked. Um, oh no, where where did uh, where did it go? Yeah, um, John says I didn't have a problem with any of the performances, but the characters needed more work. My biggest problem with the show was that Kit, the hero, question mark. Spent most of it really hard to like, and I cannot disagree with that at all. Um, there was a lot of focus on Kit, who is the daughter of Sorsha and Mad Mardigan from the original. Um, and through most of the season, she is quite unlikable and, and rather unpleasant. Um, it'd
4: be interesting <laughs> to get the perspective of a teenager on a character like that because I feel on like most we're of these all... characters, really. Yeah, I feel like we're all too old to really get where those characters are coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, because there, I mean, the show had a, a lot of that, you know, teen angst stuff. And there were moments in the show that were very much just like, you know, it's like suddenly we're watching Degrassi or something where it was a bit <laughs> too like, like the scene where Laura at the end is, is, you know, her big, moment of realization. is like, you can't make me do anything I don't want to do. It's like, and today we all learned a valuable lesson. <laughs> there was a bit too much of that, but I say that as an old, and I wonder, like the teenagers I know, I'm wondering if they would have found Kit likable because I see what they were trying to do with Kit. They were trying to make her be the, like, the you know the the younger sibling who's trying to prove themselves who who's in the shadow of the elder sibling and they're they're trying to assert themselves and they're trying to be good at something and they're they're trying and feeling
3: to feel restrained by their royalty
4: yeah they're, well they're trying to be they're feeling restrained by whatever their circumstance is because uh, the kids today feel restrained by you know the the smallest of things so not that we were different in our age but so, yeah, so I just I just wonder, like, would a teenager relate to that and be like, oh, yeah, it is really tough being a princess. Or would they also be impatient with her and say, like, OK, get over it? You know, mm. and, and I don't have the answer to that question. I, I'm not sure how they'd react.
3: Yeah, I was. Referring I haven't to had any of my students of this mention it. So
2: I don't know if <clears throat> any. I, I you know, I didn't even I, I did think that when we were watching it, because. um My wife watched uh, Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. And I was in the room for a lot of it. I watched the first couple of episodes and I was like, I, uh, it, there's just too much teen angst here. I've already been through high school. I don't need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason that didn't bother me in this show as much, but at least I, but I did notice it. And I was like, is this where we're going now? Is it, am I just too old for TV <laughs> for, for, for new TV now? Um, well,
4: I mean, we all started watching the show realizing that the main characters were young. So yeah. if we're not prepared to watch a show about youngs, then you know, that, that I it leave was out a it, lot of TV. Yeah. yeah, it
1: was an odd choice. It was it's an odd choice to make a sequel to a show and make a sequel to that movie that came out so long ago, knowing that the audience for that movie is now a lot older, and the main character is also a lot older but you're making your show for a different audience because you're making the show for younger people.
4: But that's it with every show. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too. I mean, they're trying to make it for multiple audiences and most yeah. shows do that. Most shows, even that are for teenagers always have, well, not always, but often, you know, like the OC or whatever, they'll, they'll have the, the teenager characters and then they'll also have the parents and they're also doing things. And that way you get a broader audience. And so that's just what they're doing here, like with most shows, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got the old who tune in because they've got the nostalgia and then you've got, and I guess the idea is that these adults are meant to be bringing in their kids so that, because people, I mean, I don't have kids, but people of my age, their kids are the exact correct age (laughs) for this show. They're they're the teenagers in the young twenties. And so, and that's the target demo. So. I I could definitely see why this is the right moment to make a show of that nature. John
1: says, "Stop calling me an old." <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I'm but a you know what? child I, I, at heart. I,
1: he said. <laughs> I
4: liked.
2: I I liked Kit. I under. I I I I won't say I understood her, but I liked Kit, and I really liked her relationship with Jade, and I like how that developed. Um. You know, uh, the, the, and, and if the, sh- if the series goes on, there's a lot of very interesting things they can do with that, given that, you know, that Jade found her people and now she's going to be torn between, you know, assuming going back to Tyrithli or, or staying with the, the, the people, the Reavers or whatever. I forget what they're called.
3: Um, the Bone Reavers or going back to Tyrr's Lean. That too. <laughs> I'm gonna be that guy because I watched this movie so much when I was a kid.
2: Hey, I'm old. I'm lucky I remember my name, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I, um but I, I, think, I enjoyed oh, sorry, I enjoyed the relationship. Um it was a little puzzling because they made out in the first episode and then acted like that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um w- which kind of confused me,
1: but
3: Whatever, uh, I, indeed,
4: I, the, that confused me as well. Yeah,
3: there was a it, it was a very intentional uh, kiss in that first episode that it was it was sending a clear message. But then
1: I wonder, the, there's uh, some, yeah. I wonder if that's I wonder if something that they went back and put in that first episode later, because they wanted to establish something. Connection? Yeah,
3: yeah, maybe. Um. I think going back to uh making a show for for the younger audience I I really got the feeling throughout most of the season that they were making this show for viewers who were the age that we were when the original came out. The original movie was intended for a young audience. I, it was a family film, but it was made for Now, keep in mind this is the 80s and things were a little different in the 80s. A movie with that much violence, and that much death Damn. <laughs> the the number of people that died in the original movie, it might be a little tough to to square putting that in a PG movie these days.
4: But really, a you, body wouldn't, count of you wouldn't say Wars. that. Yeah, you wouldn't say that watching <laughs> Prodigy.
3: Touche, <laughs> touche. Um, but as long
2: as as long as the deaths were faceless or robots. <laughs> they don't
4: count.
3: But well, they were all people. Now they were, you know, by and large, they were bloodless. But I, you know, how how many midsections did MetaMargan open up with that sword in the original movie? That's not the point. We're moving past that. That movie back then in 88 was made for younger viewers to enjoy. These days, younger viewers are getting this show that's being made for them to enjoy. And the people who watch the original and have grown up since then. Can still find some things to enjoy with, with this season, but there were a lot of aspects that I had a hard time connecting with because I know they were aimed at, uh, at the younger viewers. I, I was referring to this season as, uh, Willow of the WB because it felt <laughs> a little WB at, at, at times. <clears throat> and
4: well, so let me ask you that what did it's you, a CW want, what did oh, you want right. the show to be?
3: I. Okay, I'm I'm gonna tell on myself here. Um, I wanted it to be not okay. I I think G- Game of Thrones is a is a bad example because that that show is too adult. But maybe leaning more in the direction of like uh, the original, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, not the Hobbit trilogy, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy, with that type of sensibility, with that type of atmosphere, with that type of language. But living in the world that was created in eighty-eight with the movie.
4: I'm not sure what you mean by that.
3: How well, old I, were you in '88? I was nine. Okay. I I wanted I, I wanted Willow and the world that was created in the movie and the characters and the story that they are giving us to have grown up like I did, rather than stay the same age that I was when the movie came out. I wanted I wanted mature storytelling, not you know, grisly and gritty and and full of uh, death and boobs and sex and boobs and death. But I wanted it to be a a more mature story. With uh, I, I'm overusing the word mature, but i wanted I wanted the dialogue to not sound like it was just teenagers from today talking. That, that I was, the next, I was, gonna, that was the next topic I was gonna. You wanted, wanted to. to, to
1: it, you wanted it. to feel like the. You wanted to feel like this show was made for the same audience that the original was made for, aged up. Yeah, you episode, didn't want it to be made for made for that. When I say the same audience, I mean the exact same audience. yes yeah, Sh- Sean, you were and 30, I mean, we're thirty five years older.
3: Yeah, you you and I are like <laughs> w- within a year of each other in age. Let's say yeah. that Willow was made for us. I wanted this new series to be made for us. It was made for right. yeah. younger viewers today. I can't fault them for that. It was, but it's not what I would have asked for if they had come to me and asked my opinion. And it's probably a very good idea that they don't because I don't know nothing about nothing.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, was, it just, was strange that the, it was strange that it was a strange choice to make everybody talk like, it, like in modern day dialect and even some of the slang.
3: Yeah. yeah, That's, that's right. John, I'm not the only one that had an issue with language because Sean noticed it too. John was waiting for me to dump on the modern language. He says,
2: I'll say it bothered me too, but I've been bitching about that since uh, Hercules and Xena. So I'm probably not the best audience. Well,
1: see, it didn't, it didn't, (laughs) it didn't bother me with Hercules and Xena because those shows were supposed to be tongue in cheek.
4: Well, that's, but so was Willow. That's the thing that's confusing me about your reactions right now because. Like I, in preparation for the show, I rewatched the movie right before and I, I was surprised because I was like, oh yeah, I didn't quite, I remembered the beats of the story, but I hadn't remembered how tongue in cheek the movie is. It's a farce. It's a comedy. There's a lot of stuff in it that's like straight up ridiculous. Like the brownies. Come on. The movie is more than anything else. A comedy.
1: But when you're 10, and, you don't and, see all that. But, I actually, <laughs> right. but,
4: but what I'm saying is the tone of the movie is exactly recreated in the show. That's the tone of the show. It's a comedy. It's a D and D fantasy, but it's yeah. at its core a comedy. It did
1: remind <laughs> me a lot of the, you remember the old uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon from the, uh, from the early 80s? It reminded me a lot of mm-hmm. like a live action version of that
4: yeah I, I, i'll i'll say, say i'll that. say
2: this about it while the 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 okay first of all i was twenty four when willow came out and i loved it you know it's it's always been a favorite of mine grand i yeah i did not go back and rewatch it but i've also seen it dozens of times um the the, the modern freight the, the modern slang and stuff like that in the series did bother me at the time, but not enough that I would have even, I w- didn't even remember to mention it tonight until, until you brought it up. And then I remembered, Oh yeah, that did bug me a little bit. Mm. Um, I, you know, I had a lot more problems with Xena and Hercules. You know, I was, I was had a much bigger stick up my butt back then. I know people will disagree. You can send your emails. I'll talk about it all you want. Uh, I've pulled a lot of that stick out since then, but. It, it, it was, you know, I, I'm also, you know, I was a D and D player. <laughs> Thank you, John. Um, and, uh, you know, I was a medieval reenactor. And so I tend to be a little more twitchy about stuff like that. I don't expect anybody else to be. Um, I don't expect them, you know, and, and it's like people that know me because of, you know, that particular bugbear of mine are amazed that I loved a Knight's tale. Because that's all a night's tale was, was just let's put modern day people and modern day music and modern day language in a medieval setting. And yet I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So it can work for me. And while it occasionally bothered me in Willow, it wasn't, it did, it never raised to the level of being a deal breaker. It never like pulled me out of the story. I was just like, they didn't talk like that back then, but then this isn't a real world anyway. So I moved on.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, I think the reason it, it I snagged on it so much is, and you know, Nick, I can't disagree with you. The original, yeah, there was it it was at the very least equal parts fantasy and comedy, if not primarily a comedy with with the fantasy aspects to it. You're absolutely right, but I don't recall a lot of late eighties slang being used in the original movie, whereas in this season we're getting. Uh, you're, you're you're kind of being creepy. I'm I'm not being creepy. Super
1: creepy. Well, also the music. The music to, was
3: that was, was going to be a whole other thing, Sean. That was <laughs> yeah. going to be a whole other topic for later. <laughs> I was going to save it for later because I don't want to just you know yeah. dump the whole time because I want to talk about good stuff too.
2: Can Can um, I make a suggestion as to why meeting. you didn't notice it originally?
3: Because didn't, at the time,
2: that was the universe we lived in. They were talking like you were talking. And so it didn't register to you that it was that it was different.
3: Were were they using '80s slang, and I didn't notice it? They weren't. They were just talking. They weren't they, being you, particularly you're, you're using modern language, yeah, but I, not language that.
2: I mean, that was no, they weren't saying "grody" or anything like that. But yeah, right. <laughs> But then again, nobody actually talked like people want to think the eighty. we talked in the 80s. <laughs>
3: I'm
1: at 25,000.
3: <laughs> uh, now we're getting comments here in, in the chat that really make me wish that, that John was a live part of the show. As as he starts shouting at me, you weren't an old. Now he was old. <laughs> yeah.
4: I don't yeah. know. It's, they were I, not I speaking in a particularly medieval way or anything in the movie, so uh, whatever. Let's move on from the language.
2: Yeah. I'm, can I not, can I talk about the one thing that really did bother me? Uh,
4: yeah. uh, I don't know.
2: <laughs> I, I, I think this one's legit. I think this one's legit. Because yeah, I know. I, I the it keeps dinging. Um, okay. Before the series came out, there were a lot of questions when it you know when it was announced. And Warwick Davis went out of his way to say that Val Kilmer would be involved and would be on screen.
1: He was supposed to be.
2: They, you know, and I know, I, you know, I am fully aware that, you know, Val Kilmer is suffering from throat cancer. He cannot talk. I was like, how are they going to do this? But I was like, I, I'm all for it. You know, when, when he showed uh, uh, You've all seen Maverick, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't, I mean, I have seen it. Yes. I mean, I I haven't, but I don't care.
2: Okay. He's, he's in Maverick. Okay. They actually got him on screen. He couldn't talk. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't speak. Um, but he, he was on screen and yes. And, and as much as I thought the movie was a piece of crap, that scene was worth it. And I'm not entirely sure that was him talking, John. Um, because it, what we heard of him in Willow
1: in the finale was not him. It was his, it was son. his
2: son. It was yeah. his son did the voiceover. But my, my big problem with the series, and I haven't done any research to find out if this was unavoidable, is that, you know, before the show came out, Warwick said Kilmer would be involved. One of the main points of the show was searching for Mad Mardigan. Then we never saw him. And I don't know if that was a matter of Kilmer just absolutely couldn't do it, or if he got COVID.
1: He got COVID, and he 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 got COVID, and he wasn't able to come in and do the shooting.
3: Oh, so they had.
1: So I think they had to ride around it.
3: It it was COVID getting in the way of the plan for him to be on there, which makes me think that they're going to loop back around and they'll probably work him into season two if they get one.
2: It just really felt like a big bait and switch to me. I was, I was, I kept, I kept waiting for mad martigan to show up even if he Uh, couldn't talk it didn't
4: it didn't bother me because i'm aware of the real life situation so i well so was
2: i i didn't expect him to be involved at all but they made such a such i would rather
1: be so one thing that they did with val kilmer that um that's interesting is that he, he can't talk but he has had this uh this ai um that has been programmed with his voice that he actually uses to communicate with people. And it, it, I mean, cause he's got so many movies out that they were able to get lots and lots of samples of his voice and they program this thing. He can communicate. It would be very interesting if they did like they did with, uh with Luke Skywalker on the Mandalorian. And uh, if they did that, did like yeah. some deep, deep fake thing. and And so they were able to show he's able to be on screen and it can be his voice. You know, even though he's not technically, he's not actually talking.
2: I, I just and and maybe I'm being unreasonable and maybe it's just my disappointment. But, you know, he was my favorite character in, in Willow. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> I, I, you know, I, I just I can't help wishing that there had been some sort of like we know we said he was going to be in it, but this happened and he's not. And sorry. Um, yeah,
3: it, I, I can understand your feelings of a bait and switch, but it's one of those situations where it was no one's fault. It was the plan and they couldn't make it happen. i, I, I forgive him for that, but I think you know, he the, was probably only,
1: yeah, he was probably only going to come on set for one day and do, you know, something is, like that. And that's all I expected.
2: And, and I think they know, probably they had
1: already written and they were already shooting and now they said, well, I can't come in and do this. So well, we're going to have to figure something else out now.
2: Yeah. I, and and you know, and I did not know that he had COVID and I feel like a real cad now, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it it colored my experience of the show when we got to the end of the final episode. And I was like, but,
1: but they, they, but there's no foul. Yeah.
2: Now i I will say that the, the, the dude they cast as Eric, amazing casting as far as, you know, if he's not Vel Kilmer's offspring, he, you know, maybe they built him in a lab or, or something because there was no no disbelieving that he was Mad Mardigan's kid. Yeah. I killed the conversation.
4: Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I thought the son did a great job. I agree. He had the same. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Cad-esque um, vibe to him. <clears throat>
3: John nailed it yeah. with swagger. I, I was going to yeah. say, I was going to say mild arrogance, but yeah. that's basically swagger. swagger so. But he yeah. also
2: <laughs> looks like Val Kilmer. He, you know, yeah. he looks like he could be, Val, you know, just like on, on that 90s show, the kid that's playing Kelso's, uh, that's playing whatever. I, Jake. Jake. Jay. Jay Kelso. Could be Ashton Kusher's kid. You know, it, it's, they're, they're, they're occasionally they're pulling off really good castings with, with, Casting the offspring of the characters that, you know, we grew up with.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, he was so good uh, that I was surprised he wasn't in the show more. The Yeah. Like when no, they, he, you know, he gets kidnapped and then I, I, I expected.
1: A yeah, we don't you know, see I him again until I was
4: like, oh, I thought he was going to be like a much more central character. I mean, he did end up getting his arc, but less so than the others. And, and it surprised me because he was so good.
3: Yeah, we we didn't see him nearly as much uh, through the middle of the season as as I would have expected.
1: I'll um, say okay. So, uh, uh, Scott, what, what name something that you that you did like about the show?
3: Something that did that I, I was about to do that. Okay,
1: <laughs> I really
3: was. I promise. I wasn't going to go on a tirade about how everyone on the show except for. Uh, Warwick Davis got Eric's name wrong. It's not Eric. It's Eric. But no, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to talk about something that I like. Um, I wanted to get everyone's take on uh, on set design and special effects, C- costuming also to a degree. But I'm I'm picturing um, I'm picturing all, all the sets, all the locations, um, all the exteriors, uh, all the visual production stuff.
1: I thought well, that most that. most of it, okay, so the special effects I thought were good. Like, uh, uh, um, as far as the sets, for the most part, I thought they were good, but that th- there were a few times that I felt like I could tell that they were using, uh, like an AR wall, like they do with uh, Star Wars, with all the Star Wars stuff. Cause I mean, it looked, that AR wall, it looks really good, but sometimes when they're doing like, uh, like night scenes out in the, outside, you can tell they look like they're in a studio. You know, they look, the lighting is just, it's, it's weird. I've been noticing that on a lot of shows lately, though. It's not just that. And like, it, it's a, this is supposed to be nighttime in the old West. It's not, it should not be that well lit, <laughs> you know?
3: I, I was noticing a, b- a bit of what you're talking about. I think <clears throat> like on those night scenes, uh, in, I, th- I think in the penultimate episode when, uh, they're crossing the shattered sea, it, it looked like they were, Inside a place. Yeah. While they were out on the shattered sea. But at the same time, I didn't mind because I, I really enjoyed what they did with the, with the lighting and the atmosphere and, and all their surroundings. No, it's I, fine. Cause I, I knew that they pulled it off.
1: I knew that it, George Lucas was behind it and George Lucas loves that kind of stuff. You know, he filmed all of episode three inside a studio. They never shot anything outside, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, episode three of Star Wars, not of Willow. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, so knowing that George Lucas is behind it, I'm not surprised with that because he, you know, he that's that's his, that's his bag, baby. So, um, but it, but the other stuff, the special effects, uh, I thought they were really good for a TV show anyway, mm-hmm. you know, so
4: I mean, the basis for comparison was the movie and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like there was nowhere to go but up. So I, you know, comparing it to the original, it, it was mind blowing. So I, yeah. I, I, See no reason to have complaints about visual effects or the sets or costumes or anything like that.
3: But you know,
2: I, just, c- I just did a quick there, check. These, it doesn't look like they it... used the AR, AR wall in Willow. It was all on location in Wales.
1: Okay. Well, it just it didn't it, it was it was lit weird. <laughs> wow.
3: I, I I would think no if if they didn't use the the AR wall then they're oh John says they didn't
1: did use they? Okay. The AR. wall. I I, I don't know. I, I said it was
3: a quick check. I. I when they're on the shattered sea, whether it was an AR wall or if it was just, you know, a, a studio shoot, cause I, they clearly did not film that outside, but whether it was the, the wall or a soundstage, I, I thought it looked great. Um, that sequence on the shattered sea uh, was an example of what they were doing throughout most of the season with uh, that. I really enjoyed, which was a very uh, creative and generous use of color. This was a very colorful season, and not at all in a bad way. It it sets itself apart from, I, what little I could tell from uh, Rings of Power, uh, from uh, Game of Thrones, where a lot of that is, it's you know very subdued color. The it's the saturation is low. Uh, Things are are gray oftentimes. This show was very bright and visually vibrant and i really enjoyed it um neek makes a good point if we're looking at the effects from the original movie yeah there's not a whole lot to look at there you had a little glow effect around the wand which was still a little bit sketchy because it didn't quite follow the wand, and it's working around a hand as well um, and now when we see the depiction of magic it's it has it has form it travels uh and they even made a point to. John says it is not fair to say there weren't effects in the movie. No, yeah, there were effects in the movie. They weren't always great.
4: It, well, there, yeah, there were effects. I mean, well, in so yeah, the two-headed the- monster thing in the movie, like yikes! <laughs> oh, the
3: which did make an appearance. That, that was the that was the Sisk, and it did make an appearance in the final shot of the final episode. It's way off in the background in that army of of evil that that we're looking over and an ebor Sisk was there.
4: Um,
1: but I always have to give credit to um, those movies back in the 80s that were using mostly practical effects because uh, you know that was I mean it, it's a lot it's a lot of work to make to make uh, it was a lot of work to make a film and make it look halfway uh, decent using a lot of the uh technology that they had back then.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the oh, morphing great. effect that they used in in the movie when Willow was trying to make uh Brazil. Brazil, thank you. Uh back to a back to a person. That was cutting edge. That was bleeding edge technology at the time.
3: That was the first time we we saw that effect, which yeah. would then uh go and on it was to get to morphing in the Michael Jackson video.
2: For months uh you know about the, the the morphing and now, you know, my phone can do it.
1: Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah the and the, the the um i sat my kids down when they were younger and had them watch the the ewoks movie one of the ewoks movies i can't remember which one it was it, it was uh, um the one about the two kids in the in the crash you know what i'm talking about scott yeah, I, I know what you're yeah. talking about. okay so I, if, uh, if,
3: it, if it's two kids that's the first one if it's one kid it's the second
1: one yeah yeah and uh there's a giant spider at the end of that movie. And, uh, they started laughing when they saw that spider. And I was like, yeah, I didn't realize you could see the strings. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, going back to the special effects for this season of Willow. Um, I really appreciated the fact that they went so far as to make sure that, um, everyone who's using magic, their magic looks a little different. um, it was. I think it's Willow when he sends magic uh, from his staff. It it f- it flows in a mm-hmm. in in an erratic pattern. It's not a straight line.
1: You can thank Harry Potter for that.
3: Yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> randomly zigzags its way to the target. Whereas I think it was see, the problem is I didn't go back and rewatch some of the stuff uh, this this past week. So I'm I'm doing my best to remember. I I don't think it was Graydon. I think it was Alora that when she was using her magic, it would go out geometrically a few straight lines, but then they would hit a point and then change angle. So it's, it's sharp angles traveling to the target. Whereas Willow, it's more fluid and everyone has their their own color and uh, their own travel pattern for the magic that they're sending uh, away from them. Just those little touches that, that show that, Each person has. Yeah. And I I, I thought they were
1: trying to, when they did that, they were trying to show that Willow's not really as good with magic as he wants everybody to believe he is. You know, that was a big part of the show is that he's trying to, he's still trying to make everybody think that he's a sorcerer and he's not. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Which another thing. Okay. This is another thing that I liked about the season. They, they remembered what the resolution was in the movie and they they didn't gloss over that in the series they made sure to to call it out yeah he got lucky yeah the climax of the movie was was him making one last ditch trick to fool bev morda not to defeat her but just to fool her and they they called out specifically in the season it was her own clumsiness in that moment of disbelief that that caused her own defeat. She defeated herself at the end of the movie. And they made that a thing in the season to point out that, you know, Willow, he wants to be a great sorcerer. He's not as great as everyone thinks he is because things just happen to fall his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, now everyone thinks that he uh, defeated Beth to one on one when that wasn't the case. Um, now, Sean, I like your interpretation that uh, his magic is um, unrefined compared to Alora who has the natural talent that makes it flow that way. Maybe that's what it is. They didn't say it specifically. I thought it was just each individual has, you know, their magic looks a different way just yeah. because who they are. But you could be right.
2: I got a question for y'all. Cuz this is something I'm I'm not sure how I felt about it. The trolls being erudite and intelligent <laughs> did that work for you or didn't I didn't it I I honestly can't decide how that how that went over with me I I'm I, it so I, I I saw what they were going for but I'm I didn't feel like it really landed
1: I thought it was just silly you know it was silly but it was it was fine because it wasn't I mean if they had been in every episode like that it might have got on my nerves but for a gag for just that one episode, you know, I was fine with it, but
3: I I looked on it as Look, that was a choice. <laughs> I didn't I don't know if I if I liked it or I didn't like it. I went with by that point in the season, I was like, okay, they're they're making their decisions. They they know what they're going for. If I were running a show, well, that would be a big mistake, but if I were running a show, I would have made different decisions, but I'm not making the show. So, so let's see what they do. I liked the performances of the trolls. I thought it was, you know, witty. I thought it was light. It was entertaining. And for a moment, I was a little annoyed because the trolls were acting very differently to the, I think two trolls that we saw in the movie, but they explained it. So I'm fine with that. If you give me an explanation for why it's different then
1: then you win. John said he had to unrestrict themselves so he could enjoy it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it was bad or or good. I mean it 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 was clear they 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 thought it was funnier than I did. <laughs> but but I don't know that I didn't like it either. Um I I just I I had I had no strong opinion on it either way. And I was curious what y'all thought about it.
3: It, it wasn't what I expected, but I, I was able you to go with it because I, I think a lot of it was the performers. They, they played what they were given well enough that I, I was able to more easily move past that than I was say modern slang. Sorry.
4: <laughs> I don't know. My reaction to it is the same as my reaction to the series overall. Like it's fine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> You know what I, I just realized it reminded me of except they didn't, I don't, I, I think my problem with it is they, they didn't fully commit. There was only that, le- like that one lead troll was really well spoken and the rest of them were just kind of not. It reminds me of the, um, the kangaroo people in Tank Girl. Um, I forget, I forget what they're, they're called, but they were, you know, they, they come off as being these vicious, you know, uh, 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 dangerous evil monsters and you know, they certainly tear people apart and stuff like that. But then once you get them all in a room and they're no longer fighting, they're all scholars and, and talking about philosophy and stuff like that. Um, and, and I, I just, I think maybe I was expecting that from the trolls. If they were going to go with that, they should all be like that on some level instead of just a few. Yeah. Cause them.
4: God knows all people are exactly not the same. therefore exactly. all trolls must be exactly the same. <laughs> but if,
2: but if they're saying that the trolls can be intelligent,
4: then they must all be intelligent or, or at least not. Beastly. Maybe that's why he, I think maybe that's why he was in the George. The important thing is to have no diversity in our trolls. We don't <laughs> want woke troll. <laughs>
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> I just
4: I do want maybe
1: that, maybe that was the maybe that was the um maybe that's a joke because they're trolls and well, this yeah, troll this yoke. troll is woke.
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag oh, <man>. fingerless gloves.
3: <laughs> I I remember that John gave Neek a get him neek when she was yeah. calling me out a little bit <laughs> earlier, so
0: I earned that.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, right, heard what, what are some aspects that uh that we're missing um
1: you want to talk about the music now
3: i wanted to talk about more more positive stuff before i started <laughs> whining more
2: i loved
3: well the, I actually okay go ahead
2: okay, have, have any of y'all read any of michael moorcock's work the Elric books or, or the Quorum no. books? Or the, I, I, the, the,
3: it's, it's been heavily recommended, but I haven't.
2: Okay. Um,
4: <laughs> I'm just going to say thank you, John.
2: <laughs> I don't disagree. Sure. I like being called out on my bullshit. Since um, well, right. this, well, this is an audio words, podcast, I, <laughs> I have to say that John
1: just said that uh, have I mentioned how glad I am that uh, you've joined the team, Neat? That's what they were reacting to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, Michael Moorcock, uh, is a fantasy writer, uh, who was really big in the, in the, the, the seventies and eighties. Um, oh, I don't know if there's anything you all would know him from, uh, his, his most popular book series were the Elric of Melniboné books. Um, but, uh, the whole all of the scenes in that weird city where Eric was, was a prisoner and where they eventually got to were very much, very much like Michael Moorcock's work. And I, I, I have to wonder if the creators had at least a passing knowledge of, of those books because the, the, the mind bleepery, uh, you know, the, the, we'll just keep walking in this direction and suddenly we're back where we started and, you know, why the hell eric would drink that stuff <laughs> um, <laughs> just oh look it's orange ooze that must be good to drink um
4: well cuz it was calling out to him
2: yeah and 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 that and that was the thing it was the whole thing was messing with his head the whole time he was there um i really enjoyed that that's that's the kind of just weird ass psychedelic stuff i really love and i enjoy. i love the fact that they not only put it in there, but they totally leaned into it. And like, if you're going to do something like that, totally commit to
3: it. And they did. Mm-hmm. It. It was an aspect that I thought could have uh, be, could have benefited from from expanding a little bit, because what little we saw of Eric in the Immemorial City is he's there, he's by himself, he's in essentially the the, the courtyard with that big round, you know, fountain and pool there, but it's closed off when we first see him. And then he goes, he tries to leave the city. He goes on that big walk and he ends up coming right back to the city. By the time he gets back, he feels like it's been days, maybe weeks that he's been walking. And now he's back where he started. And in that same circle, which had been closed off, is now filled with, maybe it's not water, but it's probably drinkable and I'm really thirsty. Mm-hmm. It's the city and the crone conditioning him to need to drink that, which is not just water, but it's, I can't remember what they call that. I think elixir. I think it, it's something that's going to make him warm milk. Yeah, we'll call it warm <laughs> milk. Um, it, it's going to leave him uh you know, open to suggestion from the crone. So he starts to drink it and he continues to drink it over like, I think two episodes but he still won't go through the door into the building cuz it's scary until that that pool in the middle closes off so now he's been conditioned to need to drink that and when <clears throat> he can't get to it there then he has to go inside to get more that's you know that that's a villain that's working s- subtly to a degree to try to bring the prince into her thrall. That sort of thing I felt didn't happen quite enough as it could have throughout the series. A lot of it was, was very surface level, but that, that showed some thought going into how they were uh, turning his character. Yeah. Now I personally, I feel at the end of, I think there were what, eight episodes in the season. Mm-hmm. So I think yes. it's the I think it was the end of episode six where we first meet uh, the young woman who is there at the immemorial city with him. Um, if they, if the writers and and showrunners wanted us to think that she was not the crone, they should have picked a different song for the credits. Yeah. Because when they started playing Beach Boys' "Good Vibrations." I was already yeah. suspecting it, but once they played the song, I said, "Oh, that's the Chrome."
1: Yeah, that's, I'll that's, say that this that song uh, tele-
3: telegraphed the quote twist a, a little too much.
1: I'll say this about the the music i I didn't mind it too much, just because the, the 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 fact that they were already going back to the language they were already talking like it was modern day or whatever. It didn't surprise me that they used modern music. Um, the first episode, I think they did a, a cover of Inner Sandman, the Metallica song, and um,
3: that was like second or third episode.
1: Okay, and I love that song. I mean, i give me a cover of that song all day long. You know, that's fine. I think it would have worked better if like if they chose to do that, where they were going to use like classic rock songs and stuff. If all of them had had been covers. Instead of like the actual song, I didn't really care for the Beach Boys music being in there because it was so out of place. When you do a cover to a rock song for a fantasy show, you can do it in a way that it still sounds kind of fantastical or whatever. You can't make the beach, beach Boys sound like it, like it's supposed to be there. Um, and then in the last episode, when they, in the last episode, when they played the Dire Straits, uh, money for nothing, um, which I I like that song too, but I looked at my wife and I was like, they're not going to play the whole song, are they? They can't play the whole song. <laughs> There's parts of that song that you cannot play now. <laughs> and it's like, that's why they don't play it on the radio anymore, you know, but, um, I can yeah, hear I mean, that
3: song without thinking of UHF.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That too. They do the same because, um, uh, you know, I watch, I watch Yellowstone and I watch, uh, Tulsa King and stuff like that. And those shows are produced by MTV. And whenever an MTV production comes on now, uh, when it starts up, it shows the MTV logo. It shows the astronaut planting the flag that says MTV and you hear MTV. And I'm like, yeah, it's the dark straight song, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I just, so, so the music didn't bother me too much, even though it was, I mean, it was, it was out of place and it it would have been different if they had used the music throughout the entire episode, but at the end of every episode, it like completely pulls you out because now here's a modern rock song to end the show and show the credits with.
3: Yeah. it, it, It was, it was pulling me out of, out of the moment and out of the feeling in the same way that, you know, some of the slang was doing to, to hear someone refer to, to some of the things they're doing specifically as a side quest which is uh, yeah it, <laughs> yeah as far as I know being an old i know that as that's a video game term mm-hmm. so for them to be calling what they're doing a side quest that pulls me out a little bit to still go, mention about this? to go to it, it it was i'm referring back to it like um it. and to go to uh you
1: know we were talking about the music
3: yeah to go oh, go to covers of you know for example rock songs for the closing credits when we're building off of a movie that had a soundtrack written by James Horner
1: Mm -hmm. yeah,
3: I would prefer James Horner but that's just my personal preference well (laughs) one he wrote plenty of music for the movie that they could bring back for the show two he's not the only composer out there there are other people who can sound like James Horner or they can they can build off of his his motifs. I'm not saying you have to get James Horner.
1: <laughs> Is it with James Horner or Metallica? <laughs> 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 no, that's all I was saying. As I, you know, that I think that if they if they had played those, if they had played that kind of music throughout all of the episode instead of just bringing it in at the end. I think it would have worked a little better. But I didn't mind most of it other than the Beach Boys song. I just felt like that was completely out of place. Like I said, with rock music, you can, especially if they had covered all of them, you know, if they if they had all been covers, you can sing them in a way you can play them in a way to where they would kind of match the the feel of the show more. But just uh, here here's this. Fantasy show for an hour, and then at the end of it, here's a Beach Boy song to completely yank you out of it.
3: (laughs) I I get the feeling now, people listening to the show, you can't see Nick
1: is never going to come on our show again.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just biting my tongue because, like, I gave no shits about the music, but there, I, I have a lot of things that you know are personal bugaboos that really upset me about certain shows so i'm not uh, i'm not gonna say anything (laughs) (laughs) because even though i don't feel the same about this particular issue i understand having very strong feelings about something seemingly random
2: i i don't disagree with you it just it just didn't bother me because
4: uh,
2: all right and now i know and and excuse me i had to step away because my my Daughter has a tummy ache, so that's why I had to go. So I forgive me if I'm re recovering something. <clears throat> Most of them were at the end. They were just over the end credits.
1: <clears throat>
2: Excuse me. Um, but I, I think in like the last episode or two, they did some of them actually over action over the action. Am I remembering right, or am I just senile?
1: There was a couple of scenes that um I know that the scene where um somebody was having a vision Uh was it alora was having a vision that she was getting married to eric and the music that they were playing was a cover of um a, i think it was like a police song or something like that um but it was i just caught like a like a, a word of it because you really couldn't hear what the the words of the song but, but then I told my wife, hey, that you hear what they're playing like, you know, and then she, she heard it too, but it was so subtle in the background. Mm-hmm. So there was some of it throughout, but and yeah,
3: every now and again, I think, I think that was in the finale that scene you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the episode in the forest with the bone reavers, I think they had a, um, a, a cover song <clears throat> during their like, uh, their party time with the truth plums. Mm. I think they had something there. So it, it was here and there, but not all the time in every episode.
2: You know, the, the fact that they, I don't want to say they used period instruments because that's, that, that doesn't make any sense because it's not a period. It's a whole different universe,
1: but I'm on fire. That's the, that's the song. It wasn't a police song. It was I'm on fire was what they were playing.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, Bruce Springsteen.
1: Bruce Springsteen. Um, yeah.
2: But, you know, I, it, It's not like they were playing the actual piece over, you know, they, they at least re, redid it with, you know, a less electronic-ish. I don't know. It didn't bother me. It, you know, and, and I know I'm one of the people that should have bothered. And it's, I think maybe by the point where they were, they were covering songs a lot, like the first few episodes, it was like, Hey, that's cool. Um, I enjoyed it. And then you know eventually it was like, all right that's that's what they're doing, so didn't bother me
4: all right, moving on, what else did you hate and or like
1: <laughs> i mean overall, I enjoyed the show, but i mean i'm i'm like uh i'm like rick i mean if 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 they didn't make season two i mean it 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 wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world, but I mean, I'm, I mean, that's, that's every show now. I never expect a season two out of anything anymore because, <laughs> because it stuff just gets canceled willy nilly. Now it's just, it's just, you know, um, but, uh, but, and I'm, and I'm used to Disney, Disney plus is now kind of focusing more on, uh, doing miniseries than doing actual TV, other than, you know, the Mandalorian. Um, all the Marvel stuff, they've, they've already said they're moving into just doing mini series. They don't want to do a lot of ongoing series. So I'm kind of used to m- most everything that comes out is just going to be like a mini series anyway. So mm-hmm.
2: I, I think that everything that bothered me about this, this season can be chalked up to, you know, season one of any show. You know, they're trying to find their feet. They're trying to walk the line between pleasing. The fans of Willow and bringing in a new audience. Um, I, I don't think there was anything that was a deal breaker for me. Um, there were, you know, the, the, you know, as we've just talked about over the last, you know, hour or so, um, there were things I wish they had done better. There were things I probably could have done without, but overall I like the characters. I like the actors. Um, I would love, you know, I, I'm on board for more. Uh, I like the fact that we're getting a lot of not just straight white guys as protagonists and as the main characters in shows. Uh, and if that, if, if changing that viewpoint means, we have to give newer shows some leeway to find their way. I'm fine with that. Um, you know, I, I, as as an old, and I'm more of an old than any of y'all, <laughs> I could do with less teen angst. But I, I honestly can't remember if that was what shows when I was growing up was doing. You know, it feels like the casts are getting younger and younger, but it may just be that I'm getting older. Uh, so that is ben not something. <laughs> um, but I don't think anybody did a bad job. Uh, I don't think the writers did a bad job. I don't think I, I definitely don't think the actors did a bad job and even, even, um, Borman. It's not that I thought he was doing a bad job as an actor. I just would like them to write his character a little better. um,
4: I thought
2: he was the highlight. There you go. Um <laughs> I, I, you know, the the one that I thought I was supposed to really dislike um was the 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 prince, the wizard, the the wizard kid. I can't remember his name offhand. Graydon. Graydon. He really grew on me.
4: I, I think I loved that, him. I, yeah, I I he think- was great.
1: I think that was, a. Uh, I think they were designed, that was designed mm-hmm. because the, how he came in, he was supposed to be like, uh, he was supposed to be marrying Kit.
4: Yeah. he was and, supposed to be uh, a bit of a drip, but yeah. 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 He, yeah. His arc was great. And I thought the actor did a fantastic job. Yeah.
1: They, they planted
3: the seeds very early that what you were seeing of him was not who he really wanted to be. Uh, he was, uh, He was portrayed from the beginning as, as cowardly, as, uh, kind of out of touch. But I think it was in, I think it was in the first episode, if not the first, then the second. Um, I think it's as the initial attack is happening, the one where Eric is, uh, is kidnapped, we see Graydon. Like in the tower, in the room that that he's staying in during that visit. And we see him either with with his shirt off or with his shirt open. And we see right from the beginning, we see all that scarification that he has on his chest. Mm -hmm. And I know that there were some people watching the series that missed that the first time. But I caught that right away. I said, whatever they're showing us of this character right now, it's going to be something totally different. There's a whole lot more that is going to be revealed. I would have been okay if they had given us a little more, a a little sooner, but I was not, I I was not disappointed with what we got when they, when they revealed it.
4: I I would say that my one criticism, well, my one criticism, (laughs) I I feel like I, I don't feel that strongly about the show. So I don't have that many criticisms because of that. But my biggest criticism is that it was all too predictable. So I, I would not have wanted them to give us more of his more foreshadowing to what he was going to be come earlier on, because I felt like I could see the beats of his character coming from a mile away. And that was true of the entire show. And so and so that's another aspect where I'm like, I'm wondering, would a younger audience have seen all those things coming? Or is that just because, once again, I'm an old and I've seen all the things, and so I know all the tropes, and I I know the beats, I know the way these things work?
1: Right. So
4: again, I'm like, (laughs) is a younger audience being surprised by anything that's happening? Or are they also... Just letting it wash over them, knowing what's coming.
3: Yeah, are they seeing it coming the,
1: the way we are? Yeah, as well? yeah. I and, think that I think that uh, the the fact that we have grown up watching all this probably works against us a lot yeah. <laughs> where we're watching things.
4: Yeah, <laughs> in terms of watching anything. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
3: To, to go a, a little bit further about my my view on Graydon, um, not just wanting like more of the details and more of the foreshadowing to be front loaded. I I would have wanted the reveal and the development of his character to happen, um, you know, proportionately sooner because who he was by the last few episodes before he died, but not really, that's who I would have liked to see more of. I wanted them to, to reach for him to show who he really is. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a, you know, tortured soul and I like magic and I want to learn magic and I like Alora and I would, you know, prefer to like you know hold her hand or something. And he's he starts to gain a bit more confidence in who he is meant to be. I would have liked that a little further from the end of the season. And John John dropped in a, a comment into the chat asking if I had if asking me, if I had not seen the captions, would the pronunciation of Eric's name as Eric still have bugged me. And the answer is yes, because I know that he is named after the character Eric from the movie, which I know is A-I-R-K, Eric. And everyone in the movie pronounced it Eric. And everyone except for one person in the series says Eric. So, yeah, that was get that's, you know, to my
1: ear, th- you th- the, the, the said crib, the same thing twice.
3: <laughs> They're both the yeah. same picture.
4: The <laughs> distinction yeah. is so subtle. Like, They're the same picture. I mean, picture. <laughs> it comes down to like accent or you know, inflection, like Jesus.
2: So I've got two things I want to mention. One, one positive and one negative. Um, positive, I want to just really give it, we haven't talked much about Erin Kellyman as Jade. Um, I love her. I think she is amazing. Um, I loved her in
1: solo. Yeah, John said he mentioned it, but we didn't read it, but yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, you know, she, she was one of my favorite characters in solo, uh, which I think is a much unfairly maligned movie. Um, so when I saw she was in this, I was, I was,
1: well, you know, the, you know, the movie solo is the reason we have this. Because Ron Howard directed that and, uh, Warwick Davis was in it and, uh, it started the discussion. It started oh, the ball rolling of, uh, coming back and doing this. But yeah, she was also in, uh, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. She was really good in that too.
2: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I Any, mean, I, I think she's fantastic. I, I, I love to see her in anything. I think she's a, she's a wonderful actor and she's got such a unique look. Um, just, I really enjoy her work. Um the negative thing and I'm not sure it's necessarily negative but we have not touched on the villains at all tonight. Unless y'all talked about them for the 10 minutes I was gone. Uh, and I think that's where the the show really lacked is that the villains other you know we got some some scary people, you know a guy with a cage on his head and the the banshee
4: No, I agree everything. the villains were sort of an afterthought. No, yeah, they were not scary.
3: We we got the Hulk, we got the Wizard, and we got the Flyer. Those were the the villains on the road. Oh, and some zombies, and then we had the Crone at the end. Yeah, the there was a lot of talk about the villains, but the main villain we don't really see until the end. And there's and that villain was not uh, fleshed out like it should have been. And the minions that we see a few times throughout the season um you know, the, the the magical ones i know that they named them i don't remember those names no yeah, idea I, I, what what to call them and i i remember one of them getting exploded i couldn't even tell you what happened to the other two
2: yeah. so again it it wasn't it i it you know i it was something that only just now occurred to me so it's not like i was bothered while while i was watching the show but i i do remember my wife and i talking about uh was the crone bav or not because i was kind of confused at the end because i thought because you know we saw a cg bav in the fires there and i and i i i wasn't sure who was the big bad at the end i was i was it was very confusing
3: it, th- this was, and I know I just mentioned a moment ago, we got a lot of talk about the villain or villains, but not, it wasn't as clear as it could have been. The Withered Crone is who we saw at the end. That was the big CG, uh you know, monster lady at mm-hmm. the end. Not Bev Morda. Bev Morda was working for her.
2: See, that's the, the that's what my wife said, but I never caught that. I, and maybe that's just me being slow (laughs)
3: that that, that's a a matter of maybe maybe it's always been this way but uh, to me it seems more common these days that the the story exposition that explains who a character is who a villain is they're going to do that once and they're going to do it quickly and if you're not paying attention it's gone and they're not going to repeat it so you're you're going to be lost if you miss whatever one crucial scene where they explain that to you
1: um, I wanted to, I, I've got the IMDb, the trivia page pulled up and I wanted to read a few of these. Um, the names Ballantine and uh, Borman are both homages to important contributors to the fantasy genre. Ballantine well, Books. of course. Yeah. Ballantine Books and John Borman. Uh, John Borman is the director of Excalibur. Uh Warwick Davis's real life daughter played Mems of Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the original, she was played by someone else, of course. But um Let's see. I already talked about the fact that it was a uh, solo. The, the solo filming is what kind of led to this. Uh the name is it Haster or Haster?
3: Haster. The Haster. name
1: Haster is an homage to the god who appeared in the stories by Ambrose, uh, Beers, August, Deerleth, Robert Chambers, and H.P. Lovecraft. The guy um, who must
2: not be named. Yeah.
1: Due to the tightening of COVID-19 restrictions in the UK, as well as having another child on the way, John Chu stepped down as director. Said, okay. Um, I didn't. You know, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the behind the scenes stuff as like who was directing what. I know Ron Howard was involved. Did Ron Howard direct these episodes or was he just like a producer?
3: No, I, I don't think he directed any of them. Yeah,
1: okay. Um Okay, some of these are just stupid. I don't know why. <laughs> they,
3: it's IMDB uh, trivia.
1: Well, yeah, because one of them says uh that um Alora Dannon is Probably one year and a few months older than Eric and Kit. Well, yeah, because she was already born in the movie. Uh <laughs> Alora Dannon at the beginning of the series had uh, blonde hair. As she learns to use magic, she starts to get red streaks in her hair until finally all of her hair is red when she starts to master magic. That's something I didn't really notice, but yeah, it's there. <clears throat> um, I
3: That's a a little detail that I like because baby Alora Dannon very much had red hair.
4: Yeah, that's actually the first. Well, when it's revealed that she's Alora, I was actually sort of annoyed that she wasn't a redhead. So then when they address it later on, when Willow's like, hey, you used to be a redhead when you were a kid. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember the reason she gave. (laughs) And then as her hair gradually gets redder, I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool touch.
3: And, and we had to get her back to the red hair so it would work well with the denim jacket with zippers that she had oh stop is, it <laughs> definitely definitely fits in with the rest of the aesthetic
1: <laughs> okay um <laughs> one last thing I want to mention though, so so we're gonna start wrapping up do you have it you guys have anything else you want to add about willow before we wrap up
3: only yeah. to say that despite all of the all the complaining that Everyone is saying that I'm doing, including me. (laughs) I didn't dislike the series. It was nice to go back and revisit this fantasy world that was built from the original movie that I loved so much as a kid. It's still that world, and I enjoyed being able to revisit it to see some of the locations like, like Tyrus Lean at the end of, um, uh, whichever episode it was where they're looking, they're on that. Uh, cliff and they're looking out over knockmar to see that and know that that's where they're going back to i that was a moment that i really enjoyed because again it's taking me back to the movie we're still in this same world that was created back then so whatever issues i may have with it i like that we're back in the world i think that this season had a lot of potential that they didn't live up to that doesn't mean that they can't they can't nail it if they get a second season. It's not like it's hopeless. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things that could be improved if they get a second season and I will watch. There were just areas of this season that I thought fell short or didn't quite line up with what I was hoping it would be, but I don't get to make the decisions.
2: (laughs) I'll say this, this conversation again, despite my bitching (laughs) Has shown me that I, I think I enjoyed the show more than I thought I did.
3: I think at this point, we're all just trying to like, like fervently convince Neek that we're not nothing but haters.
2: No, no, I, I stand behind most of what I, I said. I didn't elucidate my troll problem quite as clearly as I wanted to. I, but anyway, I, I, I don't, I, I don't disagree with, with most of what I said. And, and I welcome, like I said, I welcome being called out. Um, I think the show has a lot of potential. I'm not entirely sure it did well enough to get a second season. Um, I would like to see where they go with it. I would like to see this cast go on and, you know, get a much tighter script, you know, a much more coherent writing maybe try not to squeeze so much into one season and just, you know, let the story play out. Um, But that seems to be the the way of things now, because like you said, a second season is not a guarantee anymore. Um, You know, if Star Trek, the next generation had premiered now, we wouldn't be talking about it 40 years from now because that first season would have killed the show. You know, there, there's no leeway anymore. Shows don't get, a whole lot of forgiveness. Um, and that's just getting worse. You know, we've been talking about that for a, over a decade now, and it's just getting worse and worse. Um, I have not heard any buzz about the show, so that, that worries me.
1: Um, well, the producers are talking about a season two, but Disney well, hasn't, of course
2: they are. <laughs>
1: Disney's haven't, yeah, yeah, Disney hasn't, um, announced anything yet, but,
2: but I, I really enjoy, Almost all of the characters, and I, I would, I have no, like I said, I don't have a problem with the actor that plays Borman. I just don't think his character was written particularly well. Yes, he was the comic relief, but he was just kind of like, oh, we gotta make this guy say something funny now. Um, yeah.
3: <laughs> I, I'm done. <laughs> if they continue, I will be interested to, to learn. If they have a plan, even if it's a a rough outline at this point for a season two and then a season three to conclude everything they've laid out, because that final shot that we got, the last thing that we saw was the book, the book that was opened at the beginning of every episode, the book closed and went on a shelf next to another two volumes, which obviously stands for seasons two and three. I'll be interested to see if they have a middle and an end to what they, what they laid out here and a fun, this will be my last bit before I turn it over to to Sean for the wrap up. Um, A fun theory that I heard on, this was a a week to week um, podcast covering this season called Willow talk. Cute title. Eh. I do like it. Um, And a theory that they had is Graydon mentions that he is writing a romantic farce. He's talking to the mudmander and he says, I'm going to name you Kenneth after the main character of the romantic farce that I'm writing. Their theory is that the books that we saw at the, in the very last shot of the season finale are the books that Graydon will eventually write telling the story of, uh, Alora Dannon's, uh, Rise against uh, the children of the worm. He's going to transition from a romantic farce to writing this story. It sounds a little Hobbit, but in a way that I can get down with because he he said he was writing it. And another really interesting point they made the one episode of the, um, (laughs) um, Sorry, John put up a note that he's watching a uh, uh, a Making of special. Oh, the yeah. Behind the Magic
1: he's
2: special. Saying, I didn't know yeah. there was one.
3: But let, let, let Rick and I just keep on riffing for another 33 minutes and then John can come back and give us his report on it. Nah, um, <laughs> but the, the, the theory that, that the guys on Willow Talk put forth mentioned that there's one episode in the season where it's a different book. It is not the leather-bound book that says Willow across the front and it opens up to the chapter that has the same title as the episode. One episode doesn't do that. And that's whispers of Nakmar, where it is a book written in the old language of dark magic. And you open it up and you can't read any of it because it's in different language. And that one episode is the episode where Graydon is someone else because he has been possessed by the worm.
4: Hmm. That is cool. That's
3: interesting. That yeah. was a nice touch. Yeah. All if right. They, if they play that out, I'll I'll, I'll enjoy that. There. What? See? Something I'll enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. One last thing to mention. Uh, well, two, two last things to mention. First, Picard is coming back next month. So that Star Trek podcast will be returning. I plan to be involved this season. I probably won't be on every episode. But, uh, but I will be appearing from time to time and think, Rick, I think you're coming out of retirement for it,
4: right,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm
3: yeah, I'm gonna be there,
1: okay, and I think, uh,
3: I think Tom is probably still worried if he gets to keep his seat or not,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, there's plenty there's plenty of seats to go around, um also, myself, uh Scott, John, and Dave Robertson are gonna be um we're going to be going back and watching the series sliders. This will probably be starting next month sometime and uh, we're going to talk about every episode of that show. So, um I had started about thought about starting like a brand new podcast to do that, but I think I think I'm just going to put it out on this feed and it'll just be a a series for uh cosmic Potato. So, um but yeah, and so if you if you have not seen sliders, uh, you can go, you can watch along with us if you have seen it. Come back and, uh, and listen to what we thought of each episode because our opinions, I, I'd be interested in going back and watching it. What's it been? 30 years, 25 years since the series was on. Yeah. And,
4: I, and that show was a little rough, even, even its original yeah, air date.
1: Yeah. I'd be interested in what we think about it now. And I even remember when it was on that uh, some episodes I really liked and some episodes I really hated, (laughs) you know, so it'll be interesting going back and seeing what we think about it uh, this many years later. Yeah, John, Sliders. Um, And
3: this (laughs) is going to be primarily a first watch for me. I've seen, you know, episodes here and there, but I wasn't watching Sliders back in the day. I know two episodes that I know that I saw came for some reason in one episode came included in the box set of the one and only season of Earth 2. Oh, really? Which I have wow. out in my collection. Which was a
2: really good show that got royally hosed.
4: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah Sliders is. Yeah. Um, no, Sliders 2, has an interesting story. Yeah, well, Sliders has an interesting story. It's got uh, way more se- seasons than it
2: deserved. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it hung on in there. It hung on in there like a dingleberry sometimes, but. Uh... <laughs> But that's a, that's a story we'll go over when we start doing that, uh, next month. So yeah, John, you, um, okay. So, uh, Scott, you want to let everybody know I, I do have a question. Um, when are we going to hear the podcast that, uh, you recorded several episodes of about two years ago? <laughs>
3: Eventually.
1: <laughs> I'll watch that for a dollar. That was the name of it. Yeah. You,
2: you, you made at least a few of us sit through some, some shit for that
3: show. <laughs> yeah. And I, I still have all the audio it hasn't been lost. And I, uh, I might have picked up another <laughs> five or six contenders for that show today when I made a trip to the dollar store. I decide I, I gave myself a little treat just because I'm unemployed doesn't mean that I can't. Spend any money on myself, so I spent a couple <laughs> bucks, and I got another five or six movies. Um, but yeah, it's it's on the list. Okay. It's on the list of things to do. in In between Photoshop jobs that I need to create for myself to build my portfolio, so I can apply for jobs, so I can get a job.
1: Well, in the meantime, is there anywhere else that anything else that you're uh, that you want to plug? Uh,
3: well. Uh, if if people are listening to this and you are not listeners of that Star Trek podcast, I will be surprised. But if you're out there, um, that is a show that, while currently not in production, I've been hosting for a minute. You can go back and uh, check out our reviews of the latest season or the, the first season of Star Trek Prodigy. <clears throat> And before that, the latest season of Star Trek Lower Decks. We will be returning, as Sean said, next month for Star Trek Picard Season 3. I'll be looking forward to uh, hosting our episodes for that particular season. Uh, other than podcasting, you can uh, visit my website at www.planetrisecreative.com and see some of the graphic artwork that I do over there. Uh, accepting commissions, because I need the money. So uh, if anyone has... Uh, poster needs or photo manipulation needs or uh, logos, social media avatars, etc. then come on down, find the website, send me an email. Let me know. We'll work something out.
1: All right. Nick, what about you? Where can we find you?
4: you can find me at superanemic.com where I am still doing Star Trek recaps. So I will be recapping Picard season three. And right now I'm reca- recapping uh, TNG season two. Good time. Okay.
2: All right. And can I say just for everyone if anyone hasn't caught it yet. I, I love your recaps as you well know. Um your recap of the pop-up book was sheer genius.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh and you can find Rick in the uh in the corner booth at the local Denny's <laughs> sharing a cup I, of coffee with the other retired folks.
3: But they don't have waffle <laughs> <tubs, does> in <it? laughs>
1: a
2: long time. We, we have, we don't have many Denny's around here anymore.
1: Do you have Waffle House down there? It's, it's oh us. yeah. I, and, and oh, yeah.
2: yeah, my, oh wow. My wife and I, uh, last month, maybe the month before, um, she had a week off and I, you know, it was, it was summer. So I, I, not summer, but anyway, I, I, saw I, could, summer. Take, <laughs> I could take some time off. Yeah. Winter. Um, and we, we went to Waffle House. It was like, let's go someplace cool for, for breakfast. And we went to Waffle House and I love Waffle House and I got a, a, I got my, my hash browns smothered <laughs> and it was great. Waffle smothered, House.
1: covered and chunked. That's how I like them.
0: I, I didn't get the,
2: I didn't get the chunked. I just got the, the smothered and covered. It was, it yeah. was, it was fantastic. Um, actually I'm, yeah, I've, I've, I have retired, but I'm starting to miss it. I don't, expect i'll be uh coming back with a my own show like a you know a starbase or or opening iris anytime soon but i do have a couple of ideas for some limited run series that i might want to do if i can uh get some some folks interested i've got an idea that i've been knocking around that uh um but until then, I am certainly open to appearing on the odd show. Uh, there's a, a celluloid pudding podcast coming up that I was on, uh, where we talked about the wrath of Khan. Uh, I have no idea how the release dates of any of these things will work out, but, um, and I, uh, I want to recommend if you haven't listened to that Star Trek podcast cover of Prodigy, it is fantastic. All the much better because I wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but I will be coming back for Picard. And, uh, that, that's, that's where I'm at right now. And John wants flu, to know. Get your flu
1: shots. John wants to know our, um, opinion in Waffle House versus Huddle House. I think I've only eaten at a Huddle House one time. They're about so the
2: same. I've, I've eaten at both and the, the, the differences are, are very slim. They're both, um, you know, greasy spoons where the waitress calls you hun. Yeah. And the food is, is, you know, the food is wonderful, but certainly not fancy. And you get all the coffee you want.
3: I've is literally ha- never heard of Huddle House until right now.
1: Is Huddle House open all night? I think it's a southern uh, thing. That's a, the that's a thing about Waffle House. You, I mean, if, if you, Waffle House
2: is closed, you know, there's a national disaster. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. If you, if you're hanging out or you, you know, why we used to, John and I used to work at a place where sometimes we wouldn't get off work until 10 or 11 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, how Waffle House is always open. So you yeah. can always, mm-hmm.
2: that, that's right. how you can judge the level of a national disaster. If Waffle House closes, you're in deep shit.
3: <laughs> Two things I want to slide in real quick. One to Rick. If you yes. have uh, a podcast limited series that you're looking to do um, uh, when I get another job, I guarantee it's not going to be night shift. So I will have evenings free. If you need cool. someone to join in, my podcast availability is going to be more open because I ain't going back to the same field I was in. I'm not going back to the same schedule I was. So there's that second John, uh, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you've already answered. Great. Um, Sometimes I was about
1: this,
3: to say this that. week. <laughs> this week, um, John will be, uh, releasing, uh, a new episode with the hosts of the Quantum Leap podcast, and he will be announcing the winner of season four's hidden game. That'll be episode 173. And also, John is really funny and, and he, he was missed tonight. Okay. I
2: always oh. thought Tim Hortons was more like a Dunkin' Donuts than a Waffle Yes,
4: House. exactly. <laughs> Tim's yeah. is not, uh, a brunch place. What's
1: the, what's the, the, there was another place that was, uh, because Waffle House specializes in waffles. There was another place that used to be down here that specialized in pancakes. And I think it was, I can't remember. I-Hop? <laughs> no, no. IHOP is everywhere. That's not a down there thing. Um, I think it was called Pancake House or something like that. Yeah,
2: that sounds uh, vaguely familiar. Um, like when I was a kid, there was a place called Dairy King.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and
2: Burger Queen.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like we, you know, down here in the South, we have a a, a fast food restaurant chain called Jack's and it's like a, it's a, like a hamburger place, you know? Um, but when I was a kid, there was another restaurant in town that was called Jill's. <laughs> but okay, so I had uh I had the same AI right the outro for this episode. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Cosmic potato the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion and found it informative. We'll be back next time with another episode. So be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or guests, please reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Actually, don't reach out to us on Twitter because I'm barely going on Twitter. Every time I go on Twitter it's nothing but right wing conservatives spouting hate and Kevin Sorbo. So so I'm staying off of there a lot.
3: (laughs) There's a reason I did not include my Twitter handle in my pitch.
1: Yeah. I only go on, uh, I only go on Twitter now basically to, to, bully kevin sorbo and i actually got uh i actually got uh put in twitter jail for a while because i threatened i threatened to slap him in the face
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh folks if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once you need to
1: that's yeah yeah check that out check that out it's a um, movie okay that'll do it for this episode uh tune in next time which I don't know exactly when it will be it'll be next month sometime Uh, and then check out that Star Trek podcast which will also be next month but until next time uh, you might next time you might hear John say something but he's not actually on the mic so he's not
0: thank you for joining us be sure to follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram this conversation can serve no purpose anymore You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.
1: Prado's going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss.
0: Help the show grow by leaving us a five-star rating and a review. Or support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash infinite potato. That's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. And you stole it from a movie. Be sure to join us again soon on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, brought to you by infinitepotato.com.
1: Goodbye. This concludes our broadcast. Day. We didn't have Jack in the box. We just had <laughs> No, it's not uh the the uh Hooters their competition would be um there's two of them down here. We've got, um, the checkered, the, the, the tilted kilt. We've got one called the tilted kilt. I don't know if you guys know what Hooters, Do you, you know what Hooters is, right?
2: The original Hooters is actually about two miles from where I live. We have to drive, my wife has to drive past it every day to work. Sneaky
1: Pete's. <laughs> Sneaky Pete's is a hot dog restaurant in Alabama. <laughs> um, I'll
3: be honest. I don't know if there's still a Hooters in town.
1: We have a, and I
3: drive past one. that area like once a week, but I never pay attention. So it
1: might not be there anymore. I'll, I mean, I'll tell you the truth. I've never been to a Hooters. <laughs> so I haven't, I mean, I, we've got them around, but I've never been to anyone.
2: I have just because it was, you know, hey, let's go to Hooters for lunch. Like, All right. And I think their food is terrible and I've never gone there on purpose.
1: Yeah. But we've got the tilted kilt, which is the same kind of, Thing you know, Hooters is the girls with the tight T-shirts and short shorts, tilt the kilt. They're wearing skirts that look like kilts, but they're very short. And then they, we got another one um called um Twin Peaks, which I'll let you use your imagination. What that's all about? I have now, never seen place-
3: Neek looking so eager to escape. Yeah,
1: yeah. We're <laughs> we talking do about a couple of restaurants, restaurants here some in our areas.
2: In 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 the St. Pete in the Tampa Bay area called uh Hamburger Sally's, which they have drag shows every night. But we, oh, really? my wife and I, have been a couple of times. But it's we've never been able to get there in the evening when they have the shows. We've had like, uh, lunch there a couple of times, but um, being parents going to a you know going for dinner at eight o'clock just doesn't work.
1: Yeah. That's why I haven't seen what kind of forever. Cause I just can't, I can't go to a movie theater right now. Uh, it was, it, it was in the drive in and we couldn't get to the drive in because Jacob was sick the whole time that it was out. And then by the time he was well enough to go, he, it was, it wasn't there anymore. And it's two and a half hours long. So I didn't know if he'd sit still long enough, but <clears throat> okay. I'm going to put Nick out of her misery. <laughs> All right. Good night. See y'all later.
3: Bye.